Come on, let's do it. Come on. Man, I'm late. I'm fucking late, cunt. Fuck. Fucking hell. <laughs> Good day. It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 20th of February, 2024. All right? So fucking shut up. <laughs> it is 11.35. I'm so close. I mean, I, I this is coming out on the Wednesday. It's coming out on the Wednesday. All right? So fucking deal with it. <laughs> Man, I need to get up in like fucking five hours or something stupid. Um, when's my flight? Come on. I'm flying to Brisbane tomorrow. I did a tour today. My flight's at 6.10. So I guess I'm getting up at fucking four o'clock. Oh my God. Fuck. <laughs> that sucks, dude. That sucks so hard. <sighs> and I got to drop my piano in the, you know, in the luggage thing. So that's a whole thing. Maybe I can still get there just an hour early. Yeah. I could probably get up at 4.30. Ooh, what a yummy little treat for me. Um, and then I'll get to Brisbane and I'm staying in a hostel. So I'm fucking, uh, I'm staying in a hostel for three days. That sucks. Whatever. I'm in a bad mood. I've been in a bad mood all week. Little grumpy wow wow boy. Um, I actually am in a good mood now. I just did a tour today. That was nice. You know, got paid, got my money. I've been thinking, you know what? I've just been kind of thinking this week because it's been hard selling tickets to this Brisbane show. I, you know, I've sold like five tickets and comped like five or seven or something. And there's going to be some more comps at the show, whatever, not important, but it just is a reminder of how draining and exhausting and emotional a process it is to try and get people to come to a show. And then they're not, and I'm like putting effort in, like I called a bunch of people, music schools and, you know, send messages to pianists on Instagram and just got no bites, made no money, whatever. And then I just, I'm like, well, fuck, what if this is the experience that I have next year when the show actually is like, you know, when the tour happens? Um, and then I just I'm like worrying and spiraling about that. And I'm like, that will hurt a lot because I'm putting a lot of effort and work into this show. And I guess I just feel like, I mean, everyone always says, just keep going and just keep doing comedy, you know, just keep doing the thing. Don't stop. But like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there are fewer and fewer opportunities for me to do it at the moment. I feel like I can get on at open mics, but I have less time to do those because I'm working. And then the goal is to do this show next year and make some money from stand-up so that I have more time to do stand-up, you know, that I don't need to work a job, I guess. I don't know. I reckon I'll probably... Maybe that fucking poem... That Bukowski poem, maybe that's about me, you know? Air and light and space and time. I've read it on the podcast before. I always read it to people when they start railing off excuses about how they don't have time to do the thing. But like, 
you know, I want to make this special. That's the goal at the moment. But then after that, I want to make another special and another. Like, I always want to do it. But I just, I guess I'm scared that at some point I'll need money if I want to have a nice life. And um, maybe I won't be able to fit. Like, how do you fit comedy around having a full-time job and trying to save money and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just worried about the future. Fuck. I just want this show to do well so that I don't have to be a tour guide so that I can just, you know, tour that for a bit. Like I want it to make enough money. I guess I want to make enough money by the end of this year that for the first four months of next year, I don't really have to work or I don't have to work that much. Maybe, like, I was thinking this today. Like, maybe, <clears throat> maybe next year, I don't know, maybe I want to actually go on tour and fully commit, you know? Like, maybe I want to put my stuff in storage and do this show. And if I'm going to do it, do it properly, you know? Like, okay, I'm not renting a room. I'm going to give up my lease on this place and just, like, so maybe that means I want to save as much money as I can while I'm here. And do you know what I mean? Like I've been thinking along those lines. If I want to commit to this show, then I really need to commit to it. I don't know. Because that the, that's the goal, isn't it? I want to commit to doing the show. And maybe a part of that is like, all right, I give up my lease on my place. I I guess I sell my furniture or maybe I put some of it in storage. The plants will die though if they go into storage. And I love my plants, but maybe I want to sell them. Fuck, that'd be hard. But like to give up this stuff, you know, and go, all right, for six months or four months, I'm just going to go, I want to do Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney comedy festivals and then I will do like some club dates around that and just fill up the diary, stay in places, whatever, and just go like that with the show and just put everything into the show. I don't know. I don't know. Is that feasible? Is that something that I want to do? I don't want to live on the road. I don't want to live at no fixed address. I like having a home. Maybe in some times, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe rather than do club dates, maybe I'd do like a couple like multi-day tours because I know I can make money from doing that. I've been thinking about that. You know, the guy that I was working with today, he's been doing tour guides stuff in the Northern Territory and like you can do like, a, there's a 20-day tour from Perth to Darwin and you get like 500 bucks a day now. I don't know that I really would want to do that because that's a long time. But maybe I could do some of these six-day tours in Melbourne or something just, you know, like like work hard as a tour guide to make a bit of money, smash that out around touring as a comedian and then have no fixed address. I don't know. Fuck. What the fuck am I? It's just because I can't sell tickets in Brisbane. <laughs> Suddenly I'm like, should I be homeless? <laughs> 
I just don't know what the move is, you know. I uh, I'm I'm making this show and kind of putting faith in that it will go well. But what does going well look like? I'm putting faith in the fact that I'm, I'm putting faith in the hope that when I do it in places, comedy fans will like it and they'll tell other people. Really, it's for fans of comedy. It's not actually for musicians, you know. It's a comedy show and I just want it to be a great comedy show and I play music so that's going to be a part of it but it's not for musicians. It's for people who like comedy. And yeah, that's the audience for it, I reckon. And I guess of a subset of people who like comedy, maybe it's for people who are like vaguely fans of comedy, you know, but then like people who also have a passing interest in classical music who maybe have thought, you know, I thought something this week actually. I got, I think I got the opening for the show. The opening for the show. Oh, let me have another sip of tea. been really worried about the show this week i was talking to my mum about it i vented to her i was talking to my friend on the phone just now had a nice vent to her about the show that was nice lovely i was talking to my housemate about it yesterday after my party i had my party yesterday my party was lovely Ah. you know what there's a lesson in the, the outcome of the party for my comedy as well though here's the lesson Ooh, this is good little connection I loved the party and I love everyone who came, but also I felt like the people who came are friends, but they're not my closest friends. And some of the people who I really wanted to come didn't come. And, you know, it's fine. People people are busy. No one that No one didn't come because they don't like me. But I think a part of the reason why some people maybe didn't come... Like I think about a few weeks ago, you know, another of my friends had like a catch up in the park and it was a small group and pretty much everyone who invite, who was invited made an effort to come. And I think that's because when you invite a small group of people, it's like it's just us. So it's our thing. And that event had to be cancelled and rescheduled. So there's, you know, it's not just like everyone just shows up at the drop of a hat for anything. It was hard to get those people in that place to come to the park. And that's why everyone made an effort to come because it was kind of clear this is a, an event for us and so we are the ones who are coming. Whereas my party, I fucking invited a hundred people, you know, and then like 15 or 20 people showed up. And the people that show up, they're all lovely. But if I could have picked 15 or 20 people to show up, people who are in my life regularly, it wouldn't be those people. That's not to say that I don't love those people. I was happy to see all of them and it was really nice to catch up with all of them. Some of them I hadn't seen in years. But, um, I mean, I really just wanted fucking heaps of people to come. But I would have preferred, there are certain people that weren't there that I just would have preferred if they had come. And I think I would like to have another event like that and just invite a smaller number of people. You know, wouldn't that be cool? So, um, and like, fuck man, last week, oh, like last week I did a show in my friend's backyard 
and they took money and then they paid me. And the amount that they paid me is equivalent to the amount of money that I paid those guys, the jazz guys, you know? So like, wow, that's literally it. I want to have my friends around my house and have some people play jazz for us and I can just do that and I don't need an excuse to do that. It doesn't need to be my birthday. I just want to have another event and just invite a select group of people and make sure that they all come. Fuck. And then we can all pay 10 bucks and then we can pay for the jazz. (gasps) Wow. I'm going to do that. Oh, that's so nice. But here's where the lesson translates to my show, right? I put a scattershot approach and then everyone was like, eh. And with the marketing for my show, and let's be clear, getting people to come to my birthday is marketing. (laughs) Let's be very clear on that. It's a business activity. <laughs> Imagine if I if I wrote the two hundred bucks that I paid my friends to play jazz in my backyard off as a tax expense. <laughs> like how cynical and impersonal that is. <laughs> the kind of lunatic that would try and justify that. That's the thing when you have a small business man, it's really tempting to just write heaps of shit off. And at some point you have to be like, no, no, there are some things that I do that are just for me. And those are personal things and they're not business activities. And actually it's good that they're not business activities. I shouldn't try and write them off and then think of them in my mind as business activities. There there should be some things that I pay for on my personal card and they're just me. And they're just for enjoyment. It's actually better for my mental health, you know, to keep those two things separate. Anyway... The lesson in the marketing of the show is rather than just go, this is for everyone. If you go, it's for everyone, it's not going to be for everyone. You've got to actually figure out who it's for and then try and get it in front of those people and then make it more for those people, you know? Yeah. Be more clear, whatever. So, um, what the fuck was I talking about? My show, I'm worried. What if I don't? What if I'm a loser? (laughs) Here's the thing, right? If my show doesn't do well, I think my my recourse, like, and what's not doing well? If I don't, if I, if I sell, if I have another season like I had last year, especially at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, if I get to Melbourne and I'm playing to like one third full rooms, you know, if I'm playing to 20 people every night, if that happens, I'd consider that a failure and I think that would be really emotionally draining and exhausting and make me upset and I think if that happened, I would look into working as a tour guide in South America and I would just go to South America and I would just spend like fucking six months there. That's what I would do just to and I probably just wouldn't do comedy for that whole time. I'm thinking about Stuart Lee's book, you know, when he said at some point he just stopped. There's a thing at the start of the book in the first part when he's talking about how he quit comedy for like three or four years and he said some people, you know, I just, he he was talking about a band that he liked and some interviewer asked them, when did you break the band up? And he said, we didn't really quit, we just stopped. 
And he says, that's how I quit comedy. I didn't quit comedy. I just stopped. There was no fanfare. There was no decision. There was no farewell. He just stopped booking gigs and people stopped asking him. And he just stopped. And um, I don't know. Sometimes it just... I get scared that that is something that would happen to me in comedy. And that makes me really sad to think about because I still love it. And I still love thinking about the show and working on the show, you know. And uh, when I did it at my friend's house the other week, I had a great time doing it and I figured out some things about the show. And that led to me doing a video this week, like putting a video up. I had the idea to kind of wrap... I mean, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast to like wrap this one part of the music around like bookend this story with that bit of music and in doing so kind of integrate them together. And that came from performing it at my friend's house. And because I had that idea, I've had this whole other idea about that bit of music. And then I was able to have it be coherent enough to make it into like a five minute video and put that on Instagram. And that's progress. And it feels really good and gratifying to go through that process. Here's another idea that I've had for the start of the show. Um, I had this when I was driving the bus the other day. I just kind of sorted this out in my head that at the start of the show... So I'll go, uh, I'll talk about how the show is called Pianoforte and why and how the idea of soft and loud is like, I'm very loud and obnoxious, but I'm also a bit of a pussy. I'm emotional, whatever. And then I'll talk about, I used to play piano uh, growing up. I played, you know, my whole life and that MDMA joke. And then I will talk about how people would say when I played piano, why don't you include that in your comedy? But I never did because I hate musical comedy. And it doesn't make me happy to say, I don't want to shit on musical comedy so much, but I just want to say like, I just, I don't like it. I don't like the the tone of it. I don't like that they raise their eyebrows. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to play Chopin and then do that little reveal where I turn it into musical comedy. I think that's kind of hacky and I've started to not like that. I think it's too aggressive. I think what I want to do is just go, I hate how musical comedy and I'll start playing a little bit of musical comedy and then I'll go, sometimes I think about the climate. I'll do that, right? And then I'll go, now compare that to this and then I'll play the first four bars of the Chopin and then I'll, I'll the, the punchline, the way I get out of that is I'll just be excited about it. Isn't that so fucking nice? Don't you love that? That's so wonderful. But the reason I have to do this show, here's the next bit. The reason I have to do this show, because I was, I just want to play that for people. And I was like, why do I want to play it for people? But I just started doing it. And I started trying to do it on stage and stand up sets and make it funny. Um, and then I was trying to explain the show to people, but it's hard to explain, you know. And uh, I'll talk about getting the case from that guy. And he was like, I explained the show to him. And he was like, is that funny? And I'm like, you know what? It's not. It's not funny. <laughs> Um, but then I was playing at the comedy store in Sydney and the pedal didn't work, right? I'm really talking now as if I assume that everyone listening has been listening to the podcast for the last two months. So if you haven't been, you got some catching up to do. <laughs> um, I was at the comedy store in Sydney and my pedal wasn't working and uh, I played the piece without the pedal and I was really upset because I bombed. And 
the comedians and people in the audience came up to me after the show trying to make me feel better and they said, Aiden, it's okay, we didn't even notice. Like we know you notice because you know the music but we didn't notice and it's still really impressive when you play it. And when they said that, not only did it not make me feel better, it made me feel despair because they think that the idea of me playing is to be impressive. You think that this is supposed to be fucking impressive? And then I'll play the piece without the pedal and then with the pedal so the people in the, in the room can be like, oh, fuck, we can hear the difference because that's what happens every time you play it next to each other. People can hear the difference. And I'm like, yeah, it's not fucking impressive. You know what's impressive? Juggling is impressive. Doing a handstand is impressive. This music is fucking beautiful and it's incredible. And when people said that to me, it made me realize that People think they know what classical music is, but they don't. And so my job and the point of this show is to show people how beautiful classical music is and that it's not just this party trick. It's actually moving and incredible art and it can make you feel things. And... Um, you know, musicians are supposed to do that and they do do that and they do that, you know, but they do that for other people who understand the language of music. And if you're not a musician, it can be hard to understand. And then I have this other story from an old show about how I went to the Prado Museum in Madrid and I saw this painting that Goya did and then the, the liner notes next to the painting explained the painting in a way that made me understand it and I have a whole bit of stand-up about that that I did in a show a few years ago. And uh, I'll do that bit. It's got a punchline. I'm hoping it'll work. And then when I've done that bit, I'll go, I wouldn't have understood that and been able to have that feeling of kind of understanding and closeness to the artist if that little explanation hadn't been next to it and hadn't been written by someone with a greater understanding than I do, than I have about that, you know? I would have just been looking at colours and brush strokes. So... This show is kind of like that explanation for this piece of music. I'm going to try and show you people who aren't initiated into the world of music and you don't speak the language and understand the subtleties and the nuance of a professional musician, a concert pianist playing this piece. I'm going to try and show you with words and things that you do understand and stories and jokes and comedy how this music is so that you can feel it in the same way that I do or that someone that's been playing it all their life does. And if at the end of this show, you come up to me and tell me, wow, Aiden, that was really impressive, I'm going to fucking kill myself. All right? Great. Now let's start the show. That's going to be the intro to the show. <laughs> and I think you guys who have been listening to this podcast for a while will appreciate the reference to me killing myself, which is at this point a joke for the real ones. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite moments in recording this podcast that I'm not sure if it comes up on the recordings. There are moments when I laugh to myself that I'm holding the teacup in my hand and I laugh and I'm not sure whether to laugh into the mic or into the tea. And in that moment, I'm caught between talking to you guys and talking to myself because that's what this podcast is. I'm talking to you guys and I'm talking to myself and like the, the microphone is a metaphor for you guys and the tea is a metaphor for myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
And when I laugh, I literally, I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know if there's like audio wise, if there's a difference, but I laugh and I laugh into the microphone and then into the tea because I'm about to sip tea, but I want you guys to be there and present for the laughter because I want to share that with you. That's funny, isn't it? I was uh, just on the phone to my friend and um, we don't talk that often, but she's a a really dear friend and uh, we were messaging first and she's in Scotland. So, you know, we were messaging and then she sent me a few voice notes. So actually the messaging started because she sent me a couple of voice notes about her, a dream that she'd had that I was in. And um, I really liked the voice notes and I commented on that. I liked that she was doing like a cute sleep voice in the voice notes and that felt very intimate. And uh, that made me feel close to her, you know, and I think I kind of almost like that about the tone of this podcast. Like it's late at night right now and I'm in my room and fuck, it's 11.59. Oh God. (laughs) I'm going to go out into the kitchen, pull the clock off the wall and beat myself to death with it. Um, I like, and I hope that you guys like that part of this podcast for me and the intimacy of it is that, you know, I, I think it kind of, I, my voice right now has a tone that's similar to the tone that my friend had when she was telling me about her dream when she was half asleep. And a part of the reason that has that tone is because I am always fucking yawning. <laughs> All right. What else can I talk about? Hey. What else can I fucking talk? What did I write down here? Oh man, I saw a really nice sunset on Thursday. <laughs> I'm really loving the tour guide work. I know I say it every week, and it's true every week. I'm really enjoying it. Um. Oh, actually, a thing happened today. Uh, the Sp- I can't remember whether I talked about the Spanish tour. My um. My boss, one of my bosses, like one of the managers, called me and was like, hey, how's your Spanish? Could you do a Spanish tour? And I was like, ooh, like do the tour in Spanish for a bunch of Spanish people that don't speak English. And I was like, fuck, man. I mean, I want to say yes, but I'm scared that it's not at the level. And like, will they be angry if I can't speak Spanish? You know, will they think that I've lied to them or... Will they think that it's funny and sweet and will I be able to kind of blag my way through it? My instinct is to say yes. I reckon I just need a few extra words for each story, you know, like keywords, like the, the story about the Lockhart Gorge. I would need the word for shipwreck. Maybe I'd need the word for brandy. Um, I'd need the word for cave and cliff. And my initial thought was to, for that, for those stories, like to record myself saying the story with those words and learn the words by rote. But now I'm thinking, so basically what happened today was I, I said yes, like two weeks ago to doing this tour. And he said, all right, I'll get back to you. And then rather than get back to me, he just booked the tour in. So like a few days ago, we're on the phone and I'm doing my roster for March. And he's like, oh, you got to do this this date because that's that Spanish tour. And I was like, oh, fuck, is that happening? Fuck. Like I thought that was like a maybe happening thing and you would let me know and then I just kind of assumed that it wasn't happening. And he was like, oh, no, that's fully happening. And I thought about it and then, 
yesterday with my housemate, I was like, I think that might be too much work to commit to. So maybe I won't do it. And, you know, I'm trying to be realistic with the things that I can do and the projects that I can give my time to. So I messaged him today and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I don't think I can do that tour. I think it's going to be too much work. And he was like, fuck, dude, I already confirmed it with them and the number of people. And we've confirmed that we can pay you more as well. So I'll get 600 for the day, which is good compared to 450. And I was like, fuck. All right. You know what? I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll do the tour. Because I've had this extra idea, which is rather than learn the new words by rote, I can just have a doc with each of the stories, have like one screen's worth of Spanish words, four key words in that story. And I reckon my general vocab will get me through the rest. So my phone, which is navigating... You know, I mean, I know where to go. I know the drive. I'll just have that in front of me and pull up for each section the doc with the words for that story. And then I'll be able to just tell the story. Um, you know what would be the most pretentious thing <laughs> that would really drive listeners away? I wonder if it would, if I practiced it, like if I told a story in Spanish on this podcast so that you guys just didn't understand it at all. Uh, si yo digo una historia en español en este podcast, uh, entonces ustedes, uh, mi escuchadoras, escuchadores, uh, escuchadores loyales, no entienden de nada porque, uh, porque no entienden español. Uh, es estaré no va va a estar muy interesante si eso es divertido para ti o es aburrido y si es aburrido es interesante cómo vas a cerrar a escuchar a este podcast o si vas a Fuck, I don't know how to say push through. <laughs> Was that interesting? Is it interesting to you guys to just listen to me struggle through talking to you? Like I was just doing the podcast in Spanish. <laughs> if I just did the podcast in Spanish one week, I don't think that would be interesting. I think, I think that that would be really pretentious and you would hate it. <laughs> That's me talking into my teacup right there. Oh my god. Fuck. But anyway, yeah, so I'm gonna do the I wanna do the tour. Fuck it. I'll do the tour. I'll practice doing the stories a couple times beforehand and uh and then I'll just do it. And if I bomb, I bomb, you know? That's a part of it. But I've agreed to and I'll take the money. And you know what? If I do well, then I can... I was talking to this guy today that I had on the tour. I could just like message a bunch of tour companies in Melbourne and say, hey, I am a Spanish-speaking tour guide and I can do the Great Ocean Road tour in Spanish for you guys. If you ever need, I'll just let you know that that's me. I work for Autopia. Oh, I just said the name of my company. God damn it. I've done so well. I'm not bleeping it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> I work for Company X. <laughs> and um, as a regular guide, and I've done Spanish tours for them. So if you guys want a Spanish-speaking guide and you want to book me, I've asked for a month in advance. Here's my rate. I'll ask for 800 And um, yeah, let me know. Cool. Your pal, Aiden Jones. Wouldn't that be sick, right? Fuck, imagine if I got one, 800 bucks. That'd be out of control. 800 bucks for a day's work. So yeah, that's kind of the idea. So maybe worth just trying it. And also a goal of mine is to do stand-up in Spanish. And this definitely feels like a big stepping stone towards that. So yeah, I want to do it. But I'll just need to get a big fat like 10 hours of sleep in the night before and do a bit of practice. Maybe I'll do some practice when I'm away in Brisbane. This trip in Brisbane, show aside, Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Brisbane this week and Gold Coast next week. Brisbane, I just want to do the show and uh, i got a couple gigs on Saturday in the Gold Coast. Gold Coast, I want to figure out how to do a half hour with the piano in a club environment that's not the show. And uh, I'll be having all week to headline shows with the piano and do that. And then also in this 10-day period, I want to plan a bunch of stuff and just take some time where I'm not working to kind of, you know, get the lay of the land with my life, plan what I need to do money-wise and how I need to spend my time in the next kind of five months or so until I go away to Edinburgh, five, six months. Um, because I've got a week and a half of free days to do that. And I also want to surf a few days and just have a nice time. Yeah. Away from work because when I get back, I'm going to be working hard again and saving money. So I took 500 bucks out of my savings, which may be enough, may not be, I don't know, but I've been putting a lot of money towards Edinburgh and stuff lately. So I feel good about that. Anyway, that's enough of me this week. I feel like I'm crapping on now. I'm so fucking tired. i got to get up in like four hours. So uh, you guys have been wonderful. Um, I mean, you've, you've, I don't know how you've been. I don't know if you've hated this or not, but I assume you like it. And I like you. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, what's the podcast called? I Like You is the name of the podcast this week. And the, oh, I have a good photo. The photo is going to be this fucking sick ute that I saw riding my bike through Coburg. I don't even know what brand it is. Is it a Toyota? It's a Toyota. But it's got that, it's got decals on the side in that like 80s Technicolor, brown fading to orange and beige. Oh, it's so nice, man. I might not even deep dream this one as well. Did I deep dream last week? Was last week the one that I didn't deep dream? Let me check. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last week was the one that I did not deep dream. Yeah, I might not deep dream this one as well because this car looks fucking fresh, man. All right. And the podcast is called I Like You. Thanks for listening. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.